This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello, my love. Welcome to the Influential CEO Podcast. I am your host, Riley May, an online business coach who runs a multi-six-figure coaching company, bringing you conversations to help you turn your passion into passive income online and experience your version of success with deep fulfillment. Let's dive into today's conversation. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the Influential CEO podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome officially. I am your host, Riley. And if you are returning to the podcast, you're a longtime listener. Welcome back. I love having you here. Thank you for your support. All of the things. We have a really cool episode lined up today. This episode was an episode that I was a guest on with Becca over on her podcast and we had a massive conversation. It went in many di- different directions. We were speaking mindset, business, relationships, life and almost everything in between. There are a lot of yeah, incredible little snippets within this episode which I know you'll get so much value from. So we wanted to repurpose it, bring it over to ICP so you could consume this episode. But before we get into the interview, little life update, I am officially, what am I, eight days out from moving to Bali. So if this is the first episode that you're listening to, I am moving to Bali in eight days now. I'm packing up my life here. I've officially packed up my house here. I have my Mac, my dad's camping fridge, and a mattress on the ground in my house. So it's very quiet and I'm just doing my thing for the next couple of days here until I make the move and fly out next Friday, which is just feeling very, very real at this stage. I've definitely had a big week of all the emotions. I'm so excited and I'm so happy and I'm so ready for the move, but equally it is a little bit scary. It's sad. And I feel like I, yeah, have just really felt the weight of, wow, I'm actually leaving. And I think the biggest thing with this move is one, I don't necessarily know how long I'll be gone for. I don't know how permanent this will be. I also know that I can obviously fly home at any time if I'm wanting to come home for a week or I have things to do back in Australia, which makes it very, very easy as well. But it's still just the end of a chapter. And I think that's always a really big thing when you know that something has come to an end. And I've been down this end of the coast for just over three years now. And yeah, it does feel huge knowing that it's over. And this little chapter of my life is over and I'm now starting a new chapter and one that I've wanted to start for the longest time. So I'm excited. I'm ready for a new life. I'm ready for a new routine and just a new place and to meet new people and really focus on yeah, business and myself and all the things which I will be bringing you along for. But from the business front, everything this week has been very busy in the back end with course creation. We are well and truly in launch for Startup CEO now, which is my 10 module program helping you turn essentially your passion and expertise into passive income online. So if you're a coach or a mentor online service provider right now who is working solely with one-to-ones or potentially you haven't got a built-out office suite and you're ready to package up the work that you do with your one-to-ones or what you're really known for or focusing on into a 
a course that is going to create passive income for you so you can reach more than your one-to-ones. You can start to scale your business effectively and have more of a one-to-many approach, which will essentially help you make money in your sleep, which for me is always the goal. I'm all about freedom with fulfillment and really creating more impact. And that's exactly what Startup CEO is all about. We're really taking you through the course creation process from idea right through to execution where you're actually selling your online course and it's all on autopilot in the back end of your business. So you can be making sales passively and really impacting more people with your work. So that has been massive the last couple of weeks and I'm loving being in course creation from this program. There is just so much value and we really wanted to take the guesswork out of what it means to scale your business. It can be so confusing when you are a coach, you're a service provider, and you're incredible at your craft. You're incredible at what you do. You've got the knowledge, you've got the expertise when it comes to your zone of genius and the work that you do with your clients, but you find it hard from a business perspective to scale effectively and actually know the tech, the backend, the systems, the structure, the strategy, and all the things. And I really wanted to create a place where you didn't have to find it all out. It was just there step-by-step for you to follow. So you can guarantee success in your business and yeah, have a really seamless journey. Again, I'm all about path of least resistance and that is exactly what Startup CEO is all about. So if you wanted to find out more about that program, I'm going to leave the link and everything in the show notes below. You can currently join at $1,500 off full price, which is just insane. And if you're wanting to get a bit of a taste of what this work is about, Freedom Framework, my free masterclass is going to teach you the exact framework I follow that allows me to scale effectively and turn my passion, my expertise into passive income online. So that'll all be in the show notes below. But without further delay, let's dive into this week's episode. Make sure you head over to Becca's Instagram and follow her. We'll have that in the show notes below as well. Um, And yeah, just enjoy today's episode. This is such a long time coming. Like I feel like the fact that you are not one of my first podcast guests is honestly quite insulting. Like it's like this invite is so long delayed. I'm insulted. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just excited for people to get to know you and also your mindset. And there's so much I want to get into today about just your rock solid mindset. And one of the masterclasses that you had that is so fucking epic. And it's also a, I believe a podcast episode on your podcast was elite masterclass. And honestly, Riley, like you are one of the people that has one of the most rock solid mindsets of anyone that I know, which to me is just so inspiring. And I just absolutely love it. Like confidence, worthiness, emotional intelligence, integrity, like it just radiates off of you. And I think that when we talk about people's personalities, energy does not lie. Like you can just tell people give off a vibe and all of those things have always radiated off of you since I've had the honor of being in your world. So you have an elite mindset, like these are simply just the facts. And so what would you say are the key contributing factors when it has been the building process of this mindset, because I, I mean, I 
assume that you weren't just fresh out of the womb like this and that you've done the work to be this human being. So what were some of the key contributing factors in building this mindset for yourself? Yeah, I feel like it's so interesting because you always look at yourself from, well, for me, I sometimes zoom out from myself, right? As more of like a way to gain perspective where I put myself like in a room and I'm like, okay, zoom out. Who are you in that room? Like, how do you behave and how do you act and how do you carry yourself and how do you feel in that room as well? And you think about it like that, right? Like what has contributed to me being this way? What has contributed to me moving this way? And I feel like it's one of those things where I know you can relate. It's an accumulation of so many things compounding over a really long time. But I think ultimately it's the commitment to always evolving, you know, in its simplest form, it's just this internal commitment to yourself that no matter what, you will evolve. You will choose to hold the standard. You will choose to learn. You will choose to grow. You'll choose to move and you'll never stay stagnant in what you're moving through or what you're experiencing. And I think that for sure has been like the absolute catalyst for my growth in so many ways, whether it be through business or my personal life, emotionally, in relationships, like every single facet of my life is just that commitment to being that 1% better. And I think it's this thing too, where you adopt just all these little, these little things over time. And I I don't even know what we would even like call them, but even just call it tools. Like you've got your tool belt and you keep having more and more tools that you add to it over time. So when, you know, big things happen in your life or challenging things happen, or you're leaning into discomfort or you're experiencing fear, it's almost impossible to be a victim or fall victim to circumstances because you've got a lot in your toolkit and it's a core belief. Once you know better, you have to do better. You know, that, that is something that I've always led with. Like if I know better, I must do better. That is a commitment that I have 110% made to myself. I don't get to fall short of that. You know, I don't get to fall short of what I know. I need to have the ability to access my own intelligence when things are challenging and people will naturally hold you to a higher standard as well. Like when you know so much and when you learn so much and you are self-aware and you're all the different things, there is an expectation placed on you that you know better. You should be doing better. You should be behaving better. You should respond better. And it's so easy to want to dip into doing the unconscious thing and dip into the, oh, well, like I'm just going to be a little bit cooked or a little bit leaky for a second because I get to where it's like, no, the responsibility is that you do know better. And now you have to behave better as a byproduct of that. And I think for me, that has been something that I've always led with, but that commitment to evolving probably trumps anything that's really contributed to that mindset. Mm, I love that response. And I remember when I first, I don't think I had been in your world yet. I don't think I had been in any masterclasses or anything like that. And I remember I would hear you on whether it be podcast episodes or content And people would ask you questions and they would be like, are you afraid of failure? And you're like, no. (laughs) And they're like, don't you just have days, you know, where you're just like down on yourself and you're like, no. Right. And at the time I was like, that was so triggering for me, which is always an opportunity Mm -hmm. for growth because I was so far away from that. And now I'm right there with you where I'm not willing to normalize those things for other people. And I'm not willing to lie about what's true for me because 
that's not true for me. You know what I mean? When people are like, well, don't you just have days where you just look at yourself and you just say like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, I don't. Right. I don't say things like that to myself. I'm not rude to myself. I don't make self-deprecating jokes about myself. And there are some questions where sometimes your ego can come in and you almost want to feel shame about the fact that like you don't relate to those things, that you don't worry about judgment, that you don't worry about failure, that you don't have days where you talk shit about yourself. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Like there are sometimes like we're still human beings and there are some times where I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, she's in her luteal face. You know what I mean? Like she's bloated, but I'm not being an asshole to myself. Like that's not something that I regularly do. And so I'm not going to lie just to make somebody else feel better about the fact that they talk poorly to themselves often. Right. I'm not going to normalize that for you. So do you ever deal with that as well, where your ego wants to feel shame about the fact that you don't agree with so many of the things that people are struggling with or asking you if you experience? Yeah, absolutely. And I think even right now, you know, I'm navigating something big and challenging in my personal life. And with that, I've received a lot of projections around how I should be feeling or how I shouldn't be feeling or what my process is supposed to look like or what it's not supposed to look like. And in that, naturally, I'm like, oh, should I be more upset? Should I be more reactive? Should I be angrier? Should I be, um, you know, struggling more? Should I be laying in bed? Like name your thing. I'm like, oh, well, how am I supposed to respond? And then I come back to how are you responding? Are you honoring how you actually feel, what you're naturally integrated in, what your natural response is? If yes, I'm good and I'm not going to ever take on something that's not mine. And I think that's a commitment I made to myself a long time ago, but I've really been able to access discernment and not even hold projections, but just put the projection back on the human that it belongs to. Because if someone has something to say to me about how I should be or shouldn't be or what I should believe or shouldn't believe, I have the intelligence to know that's not a me thing. And again, if we think about the know better, do better philosophy, it's like, well, I do know better. I know that's not a me thing. So in knowing better, for me to take that on, not only is it a disservice, but it's somewhat out of integrity. You actually know that's not true. And I think at times we actually take on other people's stuff because to a degree, we actually love to have limitations placed on us. It's quite comfortable right? To have limitations placed on us. We say we don't like it. We say people are holding us back. We say that we're holding ourselves back, but it's like, wait a minute, where are you actually contributing and and, and somewhat enjoying having limitations? Because for as long as they exist, I get to play it pretty safe. I get to stay where I am. I don't have to do the scary thing. I don't have to lean into that discomfort or take that step that, that does feel really fearful in that moment. So, yeah, I guess strengthening emotional intelligence, it is just one of those things where it's like I sometimes, and I and I have, it's been one of my go-to responses, like self-gaslighting, like oh, I should be this, I should be that. Maybe it's my responsibility. I've learned that it's not. And just because somebody else has a wound based on their human experience, I respect it. I'm holding you in that. I understand that, but I'm not going to pretend I have the same experience if I don't. I love that perspective. And I think it's so important to not pretend. Mm. And it's so important to not normalize something for someone else just because it makes you out to be different or 
you might seem like you're trying to be better than the other person by not agreeing. You know what I mean? There are so many examples of ways that this show up for me on a daily basis. And I have to actively choose in that moment. Like, are you just going to agree to not make that person feel bad about the way that they live or the way that they think or about the way that they handle things? Or are you going to actually tell the truth about your experience with this thing and be a lighthouse for someone else, right? That's something that I said that I wanted to be for people. I want to be a lighthouse for other people. I want to inspire them. I want to show them that things can be different than the way that they're currently living. But sometimes in the moment, it's really hard to make that decision. There was even a funny example about me being at F45 a couple of weeks ago and all of the girls were talking about the fact that they just don't drink enough water in the day. And they're like, well, no one drinks enough water in the day. Like all of us struggle to like drink water. And I was like, "I no, I don't. <laughs> Like I don't, and I'm not going to stand here and normalize being dehydrated when that's something that I prioritize. And if, if you prioritized it, you would also drink all of your water. Like it's, it's situations like that where it would be so easy to just jump in and say, oh yeah, same. Like I barely drink any water, like blah, blah, blah. And then we're normalizing things for people that aren't actually true for us because I just hold myself to a higher standard than that. I find that a big one for me too has been um, my relationship. Like you'll be like, oh, well, it's just normal for, you know, your boyfriend to X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) it's not. And like, if that happened in my relationship, I I wouldn't tolerate that. And I'm not going to sit here and like normalize that for you. You know what I mean? Because just the standards are different. So although we never want to hurt or offend anybody. And as long as you know that you're leading with that intention, like you can sleep well at night, it's still important to just not normalize things for people that are not normal for you. Like it's okay to to be that lighthouse for other people. It's okay to be different because you're showing them a different way. And I think that's inspiring. I know that you touched on just emotional intelligence. And one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, because For me, you were just such a lighthouse for me in this. So Riley had a masterclass last year. Was it last year, Riley, or was it this year? I feel like it could have been like Feb of this year or end of last year, but I don't actually remember. No, but truly. Like, where does the time go? Where does the time go? (laughs) This year has been the longest, shortest year of my life. Maybe this year, maybe 2021. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) It's called Duality Masterclass and... What an incredible investment. And this is just a a reason why, you know, you can invest like $77 or whatever the hell it was in a masterclass and it can just be the thing that changes everything for you. And I think in the mindset and personal development space, we can be so hard on ourselves that we have to be happy all the time. And in order to manifest X, Y, and Z, like we have to be high vibe. And there's no one talking about the fact that real life has its peaks and valleys. You know what I mean? It's just not realistic to be happy all the time and to not face challenges and adversity. And in that masterclass, you really talked about developing the skill of emotional intelligence and also allowing room and space to feel your emotions and also move the fuck on with your day and get shit done. And I can't even tell you how helpful that has been for me this year. I've watched that masterclass again several times and just reminded myself that I can cry at 11 o'clock and get on a client call at one. Like I'm allowed to still be a human even whilst operating a business. Like those things get to be okay. And there are not conversations that are being had about this in the space. 
And I think a lot of people are like gaslighting themselves and like, you're, you're okay. You're okay. And like throw dirt on it and just keep going and keep showing up and like keep showing the highlight reel. And what are we really doing there? So where do you feel like you really started to learn that that's okay to do? Like, it's okay to feel your feelings and to feel the full spectrum of human emotions in one day while operating a business. Like how did that really come through for you? So I feel like I've been in business for five years and I guess female entrepreneurship, like, wow, what a journey, like what a <laughs> journey, you know, to, to be a female in business is no joke. And the reason I say that, you know, I know Becca, this is just huge for you, but like, think about even your, your cycle, you know, think about what the, the female body moves through on a, a monthly basis. It's like, it's not linear. It's quite literally not linear, nor is it a 24 hour reset. So with that even at play, let alone life happening and relationships happening and friendships and family and business and clients and just all the things, you are going to move through things. It is inevitable. And you're not going to feel the same way on a day-to-day basis, nor a weekly basis. And for probably two years in my business, I treated myself like a man and I treated myself like a robot. And I didn't allow I didn't allow myself to have weeks where I'm like, you know what? I don't have it in me this week. And you know what? I feel really emotional today. And you know what? I actually just need to go inward and and, and just relax right now because that wasn't okay. I had to keep moving. I had to grind. I had to hustle. I had to do all these things. And then it kind of got to this catalyst of me feeling very uneasy and unsafe in my own body and very unsafe in my business, despite it actually being very successful. And I knew something had to change and I knew that something needed to shift. And when I sort of, I guess, came into more awareness around, because I was a personal trainer for context, anyone listening, when I came into more of the mindset realm and I was learning more about like subconscious and conscious and just all the all the entry level like personal development things, you know, that was kind of where I was at at that stage. It was just this light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, there is so much that you haven't been acknowledging and haven't been utilizing to actually create less resistance for you and your business journey. And when I got the articulation for duality and I understood like, you know what? It actually all gets to happen. You get to move alongside having your process and the two aren't mutually exclusive. You actually just get to have them coexist. And that was probably for me, like such a catalyst in everything shifting. Cause it was like, Oh, I can be navigating something really, really heavy. Meaning I might be, you know, having a, a process emotionally. I might be moving through something, um, you know, with a partner or with a friend or with my family or with myself, like who knows, I can still get on a call today and that's going to be perfect. And I can still shop on Instagram and sell my offer and that's going to be perfect. And I think for a long time, I convinced myself that you're not authentic and you're a fraud. You know, if, if you aren't sharing every single detail, if you aren't, you know, being 100% transparent about the fact that you were bawling your eyes out 15 minutes ago and now you're running a call, that makes you a fraud. You're out of integrity. You're not the strong, resilient human that I thought you were or the concept I was personally trying to preserve. And that was a huge detriment to me. And I've learned so much in that time naturally. And and now it's like, you know, I was just on a call prior to this podcast with my big mastermind and I probably was crying for at least 20 minutes on the call to my clients um, because I'm moving through something and they come with me in that. And 
it's perfect. You know, the space that that creates and the connection that creates, it's not out of integrity. It's not a bad thing. It's not wrong. Welcome to being a human. Welcome to being a female in business. I'm going to normalize that level of connection and I'm going to normalize that actually being okay. And that's the commitment that I made to myself and my clients. That is so powerful. I just want to like rewind that and just listen to that over and over. I think so many people need to hear that. And it's so interesting how things shift because I think what society places on us, especially from a more masculine lens is like to throw dirt on it and to suppress it and like put your head down and keep going. That's like the symbol of strength and resiliency. And I'm literally like, fuck that in so many ways, specifically this year, I have proved to myself how strong and resilient I am through honoring my emotions and actually feeling them and then still getting up and doing what is required of me as a coach, as a business owner, as a partner, as a sister, as a daughter, like that's what's proven to me this year that I am strong. And if you were to ask me at the beginning of the year, my response to this, it would be different than it is now. But what I believe every successful keyword, successful entrepreneur needs, it is emotional intelligence. Like that is what you need to master because without it, like we just joked before we jumped on, like you break a fucking nail and your whole day is over. Well, guess what? Like when you're running a business, you don't have time to sweat the small stuff and choosing to have big problems. Right. And when those big problems come, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blaze over them. And what has added to this beauty that you've taught me about processing alongside moving is learning about trauma and emotions and energy and the fact that they live in the body. So if you're not going to acknowledge this now, that's fine, honey, but it's going to manifest as mental or physical illnesses or some other sort of manifestation. So you're actually not doing yourself a service. You're not doing yourself a service today. You're not doing yourself a service in a couple of weeks from now when you have inflammation or you get sick or like whatever, right? So it's just better to learn how to navigate it right here, right now, or maybe in an hour, maybe you can't do it right here, right now, but like just process it somehow because you are doing nothing good for yourself by hiding it all and suppressing it all. And it's so interesting that that's what society sets us up to do. Completely. It's even insane just like listening to you say that because that is literally it, right? Like the repressing, the suppressing, not being allowed, not being okay. Um, and just our perception of that, right? Like what is what is your relationship with being vulnerable with yourself? What is your relationship to having a process? What is your relationship to being angry, being sad, like being all these things? Because, you know, from a shadow lens, we're, we're always suppressing parts of ourselves, right? Especially if we haven't done this work before and we're going to overexpress the opposite. If there are things that you don't allow yourself to be because you're not comfortable seeing yourself in that expression, that's going to be your biggest detriment. You know, it absolutely is because when you are angry, when you are sad, when you are hurt, when you are moving through something, if you're not feeling it, of course you're not healing it, but that's also going to completely, you know, just take away your energy. It's going to impact your overall capacity. And if we want to keep going on from that, it's like if you're at capacity, you know, think of this as like a glass of water. If that thing is full, you're the glass, your energy is the water. Anything that comes into that is going to tip over, it's going to spill, it's going to leak. You don't you don't have the space to hold it, 
right? It's your tipping point. If you allow yourself to get to that stage or that's the way that you operate 24-7, that is a huge cock block for you signing clients. That is a huge cock block for you even having capacity for anyone to move into your world. Not only are you not safe as a mentor, as a leader, as a coach, as a business owner, but you're not even safe for yourself. And for me, I think of my body literally all the time. You know, I actually like picture it in front of me and I'm like, okay, here's my body. And I'm looking at like this line. I'm like, where's my capacity at? Like where, where am I sitting right now? I've always got plenty of space and it wasn't always that way. I'm like, I'm empty. Like I have so much space because my priority always is like, I need overflow of capacity. I need so much capacity. It's not even funny because if anything happens in my life and this week I've experienced something big happening in my life. Wow. I'm so glad I had 70%. You know, I'm so glad I had that because guess what? Even when shit hit the fan, I still wasn't at capacity. I could still give to my business. I could still give to myself. I could still give to my clients, everyone else around me because I don't operate at 100%, right? My capacity is always free. I, I make that a priority because I want that. I want that buffer. Life's not linear. We just said it, you know, things are going to happen, So it's my responsibility in that to make sure that I have the space to be equipped to handle whatever does come up when it comes up because I know I have a responsibility to show up in other areas of my life and I'm committed to that. I feel like emotional intelligence is the most incredible skill that someone could ever master and like the best investment you could ever make within yourself and I've just been reflecting on this so often recently. And it's like, when I look at my life and I zoom out, I'm like, okay, there's so much good happening here, right? Like my business, things are fucking moving. I'm so proud of myself, my health, my relationships, my friendships, like there's so much good shit happening. And at the end of the day, the thing that I am most proud of hand to God is the way I handle things. Like it's the way I handle things. Things come my way. And I look back at like high school Becca or Becca a couple years ago, who would have been flying off the handle in her reactivity responses. And like her whole day, her whole month would have been ruined. Like, and I think about me now and the amount that I can hold and the way that I react to things and the things that I entertain and give energy to. And I'm like, bitch, like, who is she? Like, I'm just so proud of her. I'm so proud of the way that I handle things now because I've worked on my emotional intelligence and I just look back and exactly what you said about capacity. Like, I just can't believe that everything was such a big deal and got such a big response and just how like heavy and exhausting and tiring that is. And now I truly allow the things that deserve that level of sadness or anger, like I'm going to leave that for the things that truly deserve it. And the things that deserve like that level of elated and excitement, I'm going to leave that for things that truly deserve that. Someone cutting me off in traffic or a failed payment or whatever it's going to be like, I'm sorry, like that's just not getting the that massive response from me anymore. And it's all because of emotional intelligence. And it's like, one of the things I think about so often 
you know, when we're in the gym or whatever, it's so easy to set goals for ourselves. Like I want to be able to do 10 pushups or I want to be able to do five pull-ups or whatever it's going to be like, those are tangible. But when it comes to confidence and emotional intelligence, what's so exciting is like, where does it end? You know what I mean? I could, there could never be a cap on how confident I am, how emotionally intelligent I am in the industry we're in. We're so privileged, how wealthy I can be. Like, I'm like, it's almost like a fucking little race, a little, like, I'm like, let's see how confident we can become. And that's, what's so beautiful about it. It's a kink. It's a literal kink. <laughs> is it a kink for you too? hundred percent. Like even hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, tell me more. Like, this is so good. <laughs> It just, it never stops. And it's, yeah, it's what I'm so grateful for, like, is just being able to watch you over the past year and and our connection. And it's really cool to even reflect, like sitting here right now, how far like I have personally come, because I, I know that when I met you and I used to get to know you and your business and your mindset, I was just like, Riley, like my fucking queen. And like, I still feel that way, but I used to feel like this is possible for Riley and not for me. And this solid mindset is possible for Riley and not for me. This wealth is possible for Riley and not for me. And I'm like, girl, honey, I'm here. Like I'm here mm-hmm. at the party with you, ready to play. Like, let's go, let's do this. And so as you said, you're five years into your business. Last year, maybe this year, obviously we've made it really clear. We don't know what year we're in. We don't know what quarter we're in. So just bear with us. But last year you made over $700,000 in your business. For some people, they would be absolutely just gobsmacked to even hear that statistic right now. Um, And I have a really loaded question for you that I'm super excited to hear your response. You're obviously extremely successful. You're in your wildly wealthy era and we'd love that so much for you. Riley May, does money buy happiness? Oh my gosh, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Okay, I I have I have story time around this. I got story time before I I give my answer. My partner said to me um, years and years and years ago, he'd say to me, you know, money absolutely buys happiness. Like you can't say money doesn't buy happiness, and I would argue this fact. I'd be like. Nope. I just want to live in a van. I don't care if I've got like 300 bucks a week, like truthfully hand on my heart. This is legitimately my mindset. And I was like, nah, I was like money doesn't buy happiness. Like, you know, relationships and friendships and, and you know, how you feel about yourself, that's happiness. Like, you know, you can never buy it. Fast forward. <laughs> I started making some money. So let's go, let's go like four years after this fact. Cause I was a teenager when I was saying things like this. I'm making money now and I'm I'm I can buy a lot of the things I want to buy and I've, you know, all all the different things. And I turned around and I said, confirmed money buys you happiness. <laughs> and the reason I say that is money buys you time. And for me, one of my biggest values on earth is the way that I spend my time. I value my time so much and I I don't fuck around with my time. Like to to put it lightly, I'm not I'm not fucking with my time. And that's comes down to the people I put myself in rooms with. It comes down to the people I I, you know, have as clients. It comes down to my mentors. It comes down to friends, family, everything. Don't fuck with my time. And when I got money and I could realize like, oh, I can go to the shops and get my car cleaned while I'm doing this. Oh, I'm saving time. Oh, wow. I could, you know, actually get my groceries delivered versus doing it this way. Oh, wow. Like all of these different things were happening for me. And I was like, 
money does in fact buy you happiness because it buys you time. Where people come unstuck, I believe, is it buys them more time and they don't utilize it effectively. I love that response. I was so curious to hear your response because obviously I have my perspective on it as well. The two things that I've been really diving into and just balls deep in the work this year is femininity and money. And what's so interesting about a lot of the beliefs that society has about money is, well, they're just not true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because one of them is that money doesn't buy happiness. That's what people say. Obviously, that's what a version of you, Riley, used to believe and me as well. But then when we really sit down and think about it, without money, our safety is at risk. We're stressed. We don't have the resource to buy ourselves our basic needs like food, water, housing, shelter, warmth. So it would make sense that money does buy happiness. And it's okay to work towards it. It's okay to desire it. Another fire post from you. I mean, aren't they all shout out, give Riley a follow the Riley may on Instagram. Um, but one of the things that you shared that I think is so unbelievably true about the industry that we are in is that if you're in it, like to make money, you know, it's, it's not going to work out, but if you're in it because you want to create an impact and you're actually living in alignment, this is not the direct verbatim quote from you, but if you're doing it because you want to fulfill your destiny and what you're put on this earth to do, money is a natural byproduct of being in alignment. And I completely agree, but I think it's so interesting that people make up all of these stories about money and that it makes you a bad person and all of this junk, right? And it's like cancel clear to Lee. And I have now my main core beliefs about money that I'm ingraining and that I choose to be true for myself, one of which being that money is my most supportive resource. Like I just wholeheartedly believe that. And the other thing is that money is an amplifier for all that I already am. So the wealthier I get, the more kind I get, the more intelligent I get, like already the things that are part of my personality, they get to be amplified by money. And so as you have come into this wealth and you have more money in your bank account and in your business, do you feel like there are certain parts of you that have been amplified by that? And how do you feel like you've changed by being someone that has large amounts of money in their life? Yeah. It's a really interesting conversation. And even on that quickly, it's, it's an amplifier of the good or bad. You know, if you're a bad person and, and you earn a lot of money, it's going to amplify the bad. And if you're an incredible person with a lot of money, it's going to amplify the, the good in you. And I think that's where the the fear comes up around money as well for a lot of people because it's like they don't trust themselves with the money. They don't know how they're going to behave with the money. They don't know if they're going to self-sabotage with the money. Um, and that that can be really where the fear you know, ultimately stems from. So for me in that, I feel like I, you know, I used to have quite a poor money mindset just in terms of, you know, the beliefs that are very typical around, I had to trade a lot of time to have a lot of money. I had to work really hard to earn money. Um, even glass ceilings around like hundred K a year is all I need. That's all I need. I would, I would say that all the time. I don't need more than that. So that's all I'm going to aim for. And when I broke through that, that glass ceiling and I was earning more and more and more, I just realized how good life got to be in terms of, you know, Christmas rolls around and it's like, wow, I get to buy my parents what they want. Oh my God, 
my niece and nephew, like what what would be incredible for them that potentially they can't have right now? Um, wow, like I could give to charities. Wow, I can do all these things. Wow, I can invest in myself and become a better human for the people that I'm serving. Like exactly what you said, you know, amplifying intelligence, amplifying generosity, amplifying your ability to give yourself the life that you want, but therefore give others. When I think about, you know, my family one day, my husband, my future, my kids, I know what that looks like in my mind and I want to have the resources to to give them that exact life. So it is an amplifier of the good within you and that's why you know you need to do the work around your mindset and the work around your relationship with these things because the fear will always stem from what you fear within yourself. You know based on your thoughts and your projections and what you experience and what the beliefs are. So yeah. I think it's huge and and for me it was really it was the unlearning the unlearning and actually relearning like what what does this actually get to be and mean and look like for me yeah and it's so beautiful to have other people give you evidence for the beliefs that you desire to be true about you right like getting to watch you my long-term mentor Sam like come into more and more money and become like wealthy queens and nothing about you change, you know what I mean? For the bad, like, it's like, you just get better. You just get more generous. You just give more value. There's just more coming from the business. It's, it just proves to be true that it is an amplifier for the good. And yeah, if you're an arrogant, selfish, lying, deceitful person, and you win the lottery, those things are going to be amplified. Those are just the facts. But if you are a loving, compassionate, person that's in integrity and cares about providing service and value to people and making a difference here on this planet and you win the lottery, that is going to be a different experience. Those are two different experiences. And that's exciting for me to think about all of the parts of my personality that will continue to be amplified because of the holy resource that is money. You know what I mean? Like it truly is. And I think that's just an important conversation to have to just destigmatize being wealthy and desiring money, like wanting to have more money because what's the alternative, right? Being broke and not having enough money for food and rent and all that kind of stuff. No one wants that. Like, let's stop lying to ourselves. No one actually wants that. So I think that's just a really important thing to to share. Another really important perspective that I love that you have is your perspective on failure and the way that it doesn't truly exist for you. And I'm not sure if since we've had this conversation, your beliefs have changed, but I would love for you to share just where you're at right now when it comes to does failure exist and what's your relationship to failure in this season of your life? Failure is a concept based on our expectation, right? It's all it's dictated by. If you have an expectation placed on something and you don't meet that expectation, have you failed? I don't know. It's your perception of it, right? Because for me, I don't like to put expectations on what anything should be, should look like, how someone should behave, shouldn't behave, because then I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to feel like I've failed, quote unquote, if they don't live up to the expectation, if I don't achieve whatever it was that I wanted to achieve based on the goal. So for me, it's not about not having goals, but it's about being realistic and not in a way that's selling myself short, but in a way of you know, for me, if I go through an experience and I haven't learned a single thing, maybe I failed, right? Maybe I failed. If I can't take one lesson, one thing from an experience, yeah, that feels like a, that feels like a failure. That feels like a fail. 
that's never happened to me in my entire life. I have never walked away from a relationship, a friendship, a situation, a client, a experience, a whatever, and not learned something, not evolved as a human, not become a more well-rounded, better person. I've never fucking failed in my life and I never will. And that's my belief around failure. Why would you place an expectation on something only to not meet it, to then call yourself a failure, to then create evidence and perpetuate that notion that you fail, which contributes to stopping you from actually moving forward in your life? To me, that's very self-deprecating, but it's also not serving you in any way, shape or form. So my question to you is, how is that concept of failure actually serving you? Like what is the secondary gain from you calling yourself a failure or, you know, actually creating an environment where you quote unquote fail? Because to me, the concept doesn't actually exist. What does failure mean to you? Only you can answer that question. This to me is sexting. Like this is my version of sexting back and forth with someone. <laughs> I could sending not mood for each other. This is our sending mood. <laughs> I could not agree more about the if you have not learned something piece. Like that, I feel the exact same way. I think situations can be unfortunate, they can be unexpected, but we can always, always learn something. And even in business, right? It could be really easy to launch something and it not go as expected in terms of numbers and you to go into like a pity party, I failed. Or you can just look at the analytics and decide that maybe next time you're not going to launch in the middle of the summer. Like maybe that's not the best time. That's a learning opportunity. It's a learning experience. So it's not a failure. Like nothing we ever do is a failure. It's There's a lot of talk about like failing is actually the quickest way to success because the more we fail and we learn and we refine and we pivot and we find what actually works well for us, whether it be in business or not the failure is information and we can, we can use that information in order to get closer to the things that we want. And I just think that's such a powerful reframe when it comes to failure. And I'm sure that you've had your fair share of failures, like in quotation marks, right? But they're actually just lessons that allow you to get closer to the life that you desire to live, which from the outside looking in, honey, like it's looking pretty good. And you talk a lot on your Instagram this year about this year being the year that you've like let yourself have it all. Obviously during the summer, you were in Europe with your three best friends and just like living it up and things are going so well in business and we have new team members joining and programs are thriving, clients are thriving, health is optimal. So what I want to ask you, I want to ask you two things about that, this being the year that you've let yourself have it all. Number one is what would you say to someone who started following you today and sees you, your mindset, your business, the relationships that you have in your life, and they say, wow, she is so lucky. What would you say to someone whose response to your life is that? Mm. I knew you would bring in the luck conversation. I know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, no, it's it's simply not true. And and the reason I say that is I'll, I'll preface with two things though. Can you be put in incredible environments to thrive versus someone else? Absolutely. There is a degree of luck involved. Like I will never pretend that I didn't have supportive parents, that they didn't, you know, all the things like absolutely I was set up to succeed in my life if I chose to become successful. 
you know, again, choice. I could have done anything, but I chose this and I created it. Yes, my environment absolutely served me initially. And the luck is always created. And I don't, I don't care like what the circumstance, you can always choose different. You know, that that's the biggest thing. It's like as humans, you always have the power of choice. You always have the power to change. All it takes is actually choosing to change. And I wrote a post the other day, I think I was talking about like, you know, <laughs> I was talking about people that treat themselves like a tree, you know, stuck, just stuck in the one place. This is where I was planted. So this is where I have to stay and this is where I have to grow. And then one day I'll just stop growing and I'll start to die. And this is where I have to be. And it's like, you're not a fucking tree. And I say that in the most loving way possible. You're a human get up and move. And this is where it's like having a little bit of tough love with yourself around, wow, how long have I been treating myself like a tree when I literally can stand up at any time, go wherever I want, do whatever I want, make whatever choice I need to make and actually choose a different path if I want to choose it, uh, if I want a different outcome rather. And for me, it's like time and time again, I have just chosen discomfort, 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 discomfort hasn't been easy, but I knew that was my path and I trusted it was my path. So are you lucky or do you create your own luck? Because in my perception, I knew what life I could have had and that would have been based on choice as well. So the only difference between the two is me making a choice based on what I actually wanted versus having the choice in in the path that I was going to settle for. That's the difference. I always love to hear your perspective on this. And I actually really love that you brought up being set up for success in terms of your environment, because I think it is important to consider privilege and and growing up in a first world country and all that stuff. There's such validity in that. But when it comes to certain aspects of your life and certain aspects of your business, it's so unfair for people to assume that these things have just fallen into your lap, right? There is so much hard work that goes into living the type of life that you live. And it's just such a joy to watch you be so happy. It's such a joy to watch you let yourself have it all to travel Europe and make bank and have incredible girlfriends around you and have time to go see your niece and nephew. Like all that stuff is just so beautiful. So my last question to you is like, how, how does it feel? Like, how has this year felt to be able to have it all and do it all and travel the world and do what you love? Like, how are you feeling as this year is coming to a close? It has been just honestly like the most wild year of my entire life. And <laughs> like initially, I think starting the year, I just a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty. You know, I just I didn't know how's it going to pan out? How's it going to work? What's going to happen? What, how am I going to feel? You know, what's, what's it all looking like? And if anything, I've just learned to fully fucking surrender. Like you just have to surrender to, to what is and trust that, you are divinely guided. And the way I guess the year feels now being out, you know, almost the other end of it, I'm about to have my birthday. I'm about to be a maid of honor for my best friend at her wedding. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. Like it's just such a, a amazing time of the year and so many new beginnings um, and endings. And it just feels right. And it feels like it was my time and it feels like I deserve this. And that's the way I can really describe it. It's like I've worked so hard for so many years. I still work incredibly hard. And this year I'm like, you know what? It just gets to all exist. The travel, the clients, um, 
navigating, you know, long distance and living in different situations. And, you know, I, I honestly traveled, I think, for like, I don't know, in, in the middle of the year, at least half of the time I wasn't at home. So it would be like three days at home, seven days away, home for two weeks, gone for two weeks, home for five days, gone for five weeks. Like it was just a lot, lot of movement and just uh, normalizing new things. And and honestly, it's been exciting. I've I've completely, my capacity is bigger. I have more generosity. I've got more perspective. I have more insight. I've got more lessons. Like it's just been incredible and I'm so proud of myself. And yeah, it's just been it's been amazing. I've loved this year and I'm just grateful for the lessons and yeah, I'm grateful. Did you have a word of the year for 2023? Surrender. That was your word of the year? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That I have. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you you absolutely have. And honestly, it brings me such joy to see you living life. Like, and I mean mm. that from the bottom of my heart, like when you all year were in Europe and you were doing your thing and you were just fucking smashing it like day after day, it just brings me such joy to see you living this way, to see you living out your dreams. And I know firsthand, like the impact that you have on people and people's businesses, and you're just such a gift in my eyes. So to see you living such an extraordinary life, like really makes sense to me. And I'm just so happy for you. I'm just delighted that although I'm in Canada and you're in Australia, that the internet is such a wonderful place that allowed us to cross paths. And my intention for having you on the podcast is that more people get to find you and to connect with you. So will you share with people where they can find you? What's up in the world of Riley May? And what are you even about? What can you even offer my community? (laughs) What does this girl even do? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. If yeah, obviously you're across socials, Instagram, the Riley May is my handle. And then we've also got my team page, Team Riley May, where we share a lot of different content. So I'm always like, it's worth following both guys. Like you're getting a different texture based on what you're following. Um, And then podcast wise, I've got my own podcast, but it's called the Influential CEO Podcast. So yeah, jump over there. I, yeah, it's, it's cool. Like my goal really, and not even my goal, but what I do is I just, I help female entrepreneurs turn their passion into passive income and just strengthen the human behind the business, feel wildly fulfilled in the success that they're building and just experience less resistance, scaling their business to multi six figures and beyond. Like that, that is always my goal. And yeah, I just love it. I love my humans. I love my people. And that's my story. That's, that's my why. That's why I do it. And yeah, that's my thing. (laughs) That's me in a nutshell. I really love hearing like your perception of your mission statement for your business. Like I love hearing that come out of your mouth because you're, you're so embodied in all of those things. Like I just feel like who better to teach being wildly fulfilled while being a solid human behind the scenes than you. And I think that our conversation really encapsulated like a lot of the pillars of your brand and business, which only makes sense. So I'm going to link all of Riley's socials down below. Definitely worth the follow, especially if you are a female entrepreneur. Riley has such incredible perspectives and just the way that she leads herself is super, super inspiring. So make sure that you give her a follow. And I appreciate you being here, Miss Riley. Thank you so much for having me. 